0: Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of Round Ball Ramble. I'm your host, Corbin Forge. You can follow me on Twitter, at CorbinNBA. Listen, y'all, we have a treat for y'all today. I have a special guest, Nick Andre, on board to talk trade Tuesday, which is an off-again, on-again segment that I do here as we get closer to the trade deadline. And we discuss teams that should make a move, players that are most likely to be traded, our favorite trade that we've seen on social media. And then, of course, As he's a first-time guest, which continues to surprise me as you listen to the um, episode I did with him, I ask all first-time guests a question, which is, what is their go-to pickup move? Something I like to find out, a little bit of a scouting report if you heard, Um, so definitely excited about that. So definitely make sure to sit back and check that out. Um, Yesterday was Martin Luther King Day, did not do an episode. Out of respect to that, I feel really weird about Martin Luther King Day in basketball um I I guess in a sense because what he stood for is important I think the message is important yes like was he a perfect man absolutely not but like the message of equality that he stood for and trying to strive to that more perfect union is something that continues to be a thing that looks good on shirts and we talk about a lot but like is lost in my mind in the grand scheme of things I mean even during basketball in my mind like you have of course um you know the the interviews before the show in the pregame and you get clips of Dr. Martin Luther King um, as we go into commercial break, but really it's about the basketball, right? That's all that everyone's really looking at and I feel like there could be more powerful messaging or more additional programming that the NBA could do to integrate uh, Dr. King's message, if it means that much, which it does, to make that a thing or, or don't entirely. I just think the little half on, half on, half, on, half off is, is a little um, frustrating outside of the NBA on TNT coverage of it so that's something that I really wish was addressed and I thought hey I'm not going to say how important Martin Luther King was and then go into game highlights like that's not what I wanted to do so I didn't but um, the basketball was great a bunch of good games across the board whether it was LeBron the Lakers getting a good quote-unquote quality win against the Oklahoma City Thunder or you had a down-to-the-wire finish between the Dallas Mavericks Um, going up against the New Orleans Pelicans with a pair of 40-point games from Kyrie Irving and um, Tim Hardaway Jr., which is the third time that two teammates 30 or older combined for 40-plus in the same game. I think the other time was Jordan and Pippen um, in the 1990s, and then in 1973, I think it was 1996 that Jordan and Pippen combined for like 83, and then in 1973, both Jerry West and Elgin Baylor each scored 40. So, really cool to see that done. It was a really good game. A lot of great shot making. Um, but those are the two standout games for me, and I definitely want to highlight that. But on this one, yeah, we're talking trades. We got Nick Andre on. Make sure that you follow him on Twitter, at NickAndreATR. One more time, at NickAndreATR. And then I have one more thing I want to share with y'all before we really get going into the show here. And that is the importance of staying with your New Year's resolution and coming with that energy. Listen, y'all. I'm already tired. I wake up tired. I'm sure we all do, right? Um, middle of January, crazy thing. a month is almost gone, yet here we are. And it's not too late to get something to solve some problems for you. It's not too late to step up. Get the energy you need. Be more productive in your day. Be more attentive. Not bounce off the walls. Not lose focus. Not forget things. I have the solution for you, y'all. It's called Magic Mind. Yep, that's right. Magic Mind. It is something that's already in Sprouts Farmers Markets. But I have a deal for you to get a subscription that I think is really, really good. Um, check out Magic Mind everywhere. And you can do this by going to my code here that I'm about to share with you, which is www.magicmind.com slash daily NBA. That's www.magicmind.com daily NBA. And the code is daily NBA 20. Let me tell y'all. Magic Mind has all natural ingredients that I think will help you out so much, including matcha, which y'all know from matcha green tea, matcha smoothies, the green stuff, right? But what matcha does, it contains way less caffeine than coffee and also contains additional compounds called um, catechins that extend the benefits of caffeine by slowing your body's ability to absorb it all, as well as additional compounds that reduce stress. And they work together to prevent that spike in cortisol levels and the inevitable crash that comes from taking too much caffeine. Really important. It's your extended release version of caffeine. That's what matcha is. And it's that in combination with so many other healthy ingredients, ash- ashwagandha. My mom loves the stuff that helps reduce stress and anxiety that really makes Magic Mind a thing to check out. So please make sure to do that. Um, again, uh, go to www.magicmind.com slash dailyNBA. Get on there, get a few bottles, and then after you're hooked, you can get a subscription with up to 50% off with my code daily NBA 20 D-A-I-L-Y-N-B-A-20. I forgot how to spell daily for a second. That was funny. So make sure to check out Magic Mind, and then tell them Corbin sent you. They won't know who I am, it won't matter. Tell them Corbin sent you. <laughs> all right, y'all. So here, time to sit back, relax, and enjoy my great conversation with Nick Andre. Check him out. He's a basketball um, aficionado, maestro, all things nba WNBA, college high school you get up the corner shooting hoops he knows about him so make sure you check him out there and until next time y'all i am frosty y'all say frosty and i'll talk to y'all real 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 soon all right y'all mm-hmm. Yo, 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 we are back. What is up? Another episode of Ramble Ramble. I'm your host, Corbin Forge. Follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. This is a sports ethos presentation. So check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos online, sportsethos.com. All right, when y'all listen, this will be Tuesday, the 16th of January. We are just past the midpoint of the month. Um, and we are exactly, well, less than a month away from the NBA. Trade deadline, which is one of my favorite days thanks to the first day of free agency, NBA draft day. I mean, us NBA sickos, we, we have days that are already marked. And speaking of NBA sickos, I have a basketball sicko up here to join me as we talk NBA trades and all things concerning that. Uh, whether it's high school, college, NBA, WNBA, you know, your little, your little, your little kid outside playing a basketball across the yard, he probably knows about him. Um, you follow him on Twitter at Nick Andre A T R all one word. Uh his name's Nick Andre. Nick, how you doing, man?
1: I'm good, man. Appreciate you for having me on, Corbin. It's funny that you mentioned, you know, this year is kind of going by quick. Because even I was thinking about that earlier, like we're only two weeks into 2024 and we're already at MLK Day. And, you know, February is like right around the corner. So this, this year is already flying by and we're we're only two weeks in. It's crazy. It is wild.
0: I mean, I was literally at, um, what was I doing? I was, oh, today I was looking through some of the articles I was reading. Um. From basketball intelligence, and I saw one team go. Oh yeah! After forty-one games, how is this team looking? I'm like, it's been forty-one games.
1: Forty-one games, it's crazy.
0: Like it is wild. I mean, it's been, it's just wild. And I don't know whether it's just because there's so many tough teams. I mean, obviously you have like the horrible teams, the Pistons, the Wizards, although they like to think they're better. Yeah. You know, you have all these other bad teams, but like it feels like there's such a relative parity there that right. I'm, not, I'm like, I don't see like the twenty eights and sixes or, or something like that. You know, no, like, that's true. Team,
1: yeah, so it definitely is too. Like now, it's it's crazy to see that you mention it because like I just I remember me getting ready for opening night with the Nuggets and <laughs> the Lakers, and now here we are in mid January, and we're talking about forty one games in. Yeah, the season goes by quick, man.
0: It is. It is crazy. It is crazy. I'm just. I don't know. It's one of those things where before you know it, I'm gonna be looking at myself where I was just talking to you before recording about how man I just got to stay consistent. It can be hard sometimes. All the things, and then before you know, it's going to be off season again. It's going to be like, dang, can't wait for the season to start. I got all these ideas, all these things to get to, and I, it's just the cycle. But it's a marathon. We're at the halfway point. But I'm um, speaking of that. We we talking trades. We talking um, trade deadline coming up. It, it's it feels. I mean, all the, the 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 word on the street lends itself to being a quiet trade deadline. It never truly is. There's been some that have been more hyped up and not like actually come through. Right. But like, there's always something happening, right? I mean, even now I'm I have the Lakers. Uh, I was just before I came to record, I was putting on the Lakers-Thunder game on my TV, and it was talking about the Lakers are pursuing J- Dejounte Murray, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like there's there's always something, um, and that's what we're gonna talk about here. We got a few things, just general trade discussions and a fun question I love to ask all my first time guests at the end, and it's hilarious because I was writing this, I'm like. This is the first time I had you on. That's wild. But I've been on your show so many times.
1: Yeah, I know, man. You've been I, on MNC a lot of times, man. You yeah. basically like our you basically like our fourth co-host. <laughs> oh, <that's> so
0: <laughs> and I and I love you. And please plug it and plug on that show too. Oh, yeah, a lot of sure, fun man. with y'all. For but sure, I need to man. get y'all on here as well, um especially just knowing y'all, talking with y'all, all the things. But that's a yeah, let's let's start with. I mean, it's going to drop on Tuesday. I'm calling it Trade Tuesday. Let's start with the trade that went down. That I mean, it happened. um Washington Wizards, Detroit Pistons. Two teams ironically played each other uh, today or last night as I listened to this. um, But basically, Marvin Bagley went to Washington and Danilo Gallinari, Mike Muscala went to the Pistons. Um, What do you think about that? On his head, it's a salary thing. But was there any larger points you took from that? Any other observations you had? Just curious about that.
1: Uh, so it's funny. So when this when this trade first went down, so I, I was I'm sure you you're sure you're in a lot of group chats, you know, with covering NBA and everything. So the group chats were obviously going crazy, you know, talking about the whole trade. And for some reason, I just kind of overlooked it. I didn't really take it serious. I guess maybe just because you know where the Pistons and where the Wizards are at, you know, as far as as far as their teams. So I didn't really look much much into it. But this morning, I took like kind of like a closer look at it. And it's like you mentioned, you know, I mean, it's more of a contract thing. Um, obviously, with Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscala, both of those guys are on expiring contracts. So, you know, the question is, you know, what's the future look like for them in Detroit? But I don't know. It's like I can't say I hate it for both sides. You know, obviously, these are two teams that need to move in in different directions. And, you know, and at the end of the day, you got to start from somewhere. So um, I'll start with the Wizards, you know, getting a guy like Marvin Bagley. Um, I'm sure everybody knows that his NBA career has been a little underwhelming, to say the least. Um, he's had his good moments, but then, you know, he's also not been able to exceed the expectations that many people had on him when he came into the NBA. So I try to look at it like, you know, maybe this could be a new start because obviously in Detroit, they're so front court heavy with him, with Jalen Duran, with Isaiah Stewart, and then so many others. So, um, so obviously, you know, with this trade now, and, you know, I I still kind of question where he does fit, you know, with, with this, uh, with this Wizards team, whether he does start to come off the bench, I'm probably sure he'll probably come off the bench, but also another guy as well that's a part of this trade as well is Isaiah Levers, who, I'm I'm personally a fan of. Ooh, thank you. Yes, right. <laughs> slipping. Yeah, Levers, You know, I think I think he's a pretty good wing. Um, he's had his moments as well in Detroit. Um, but obviously, you know, he wasn't going to get a lot of shine on you know, Nick playing next to guys like Kate Cunningham, uh, Jaden Ivey, and others. So, you know, maybe this could possibly be an opportunity where he could shine at that wing position. You know, playing next to guys like Jordan Poole, Kyle Kuzma, and other guys. So. For the Wizards, I try to look at it. I try to be optimistic for you know with the Wizards, just because you know they've been making a lot of moves, even dating back to the summer. You know, acquiring Jordan Poole in the trade from Golden State, and then of course they got Kuzma a few years ago from the Lakers. So I try to. I'm trying to be optimistic with the team, man, because you know, at least on paper, you know, I like a lot of the talent that they have, but it just hasn't resulted in winning. So I'm just hoping that obviously this trade here doesn't. It doesn't elevate them, you know, as a playoff contender, but it could be a stepping point in the right direction. And as far as for Detroit, um, obviously everybody knows about the losing streak. And I've been on record saying that, you know, this team is missing like a key veteran piece. And as much as I'm a big fan of uh, Bogdanovich, I didn't know if he was going to be the guy that could really be that voice in the locker room for these young guys. Because, I mean, there's a lot of great young players on on this Pistons team. And I think that they're missing a key voice in the locker room, a key veteran who has been, that has had experiences, you know, in the past. So, I don't know if Danilo Gallinari or Michael Scala can be those guys, but you know, I mean, obviously Gallinari, you know, he's been a key, valuable player, you know, starting from whether it's New York, whether it's Denver, OKC, Atlanta, um, and then you know other teams as well. So, you know, I think I think that he could be valuable on his team, but I don't know if he's the veteran that they need. But obviously, he's a sniper from three, so you know, obviously he'll he'll help from that aspect, but you know. That, it's like I said earlier, you know, like with him being on an um, expiring contract, with Mike Muscala being on an expiring contract, I t- I still question, you know, what the future may look like for those guys. But at the end of the day, I'm not mad at it, man. You know, obviously, like this trade, like I said, you know, it's not going to elevate, it's not going to elevate these teams both as playoff contenders, but it could be a stepping stone in the right direction. So I'm trying to be optimistic about it.
0: No, I'm with you for sure. I definitely thought between Gallinari and Muscala, I have a little bit of a bone to pick from Muscala because as a Laker fan, you know, trading uh, I remember the 2018, yeah. <laughs> uh, trading a Zubak for him and then him just forgetting how to shoot. Totally turned me off on it. But like, he's still a good player. Still that was a at LeBron player.
1: first year, wasn't it? Yes. I want to say. Yeah.
0: 2019, 2019, trade deadline 2019. And it was like, you had a young starting center who's been contributing for the Clippers for the last five years. And instead we got a rental who didn't even do the job that we, that, that, that they traded him to do. So I, I just found that a complete, like, I was very upset by him. But mind you, he had been in Oklahoma City for a while. He was good there. Like, he's a good proven vet. He's been good in Washington. And did all Gallinari I felt bad for because, of course, you know, turning his, his ACL in, in Boston, you know, he should be at this stage of his career on contending teams. And he just finds himself on teams that are not that, you know. Um, Detroit is, is not that. I think, fortunately, he's a free agent at the end of this year, if I remember correctly. But we'll see what happens. He's also going to be, what, 36? So, We'll see, Um, but he's a guy where like yeah, I guess they will help Detroit a little bit. But when you're you know four and thirty seven or something, like what does that get you? Another another win or two? You know, I mean, it's that like exactly exactly. It's a wrap in Detroit. It's been that for a minute, right? And like for Washington, yeah, like I don't think it's moving lawn chairs. But like you know, Liver is a solid player. If he can rediscover his shooting stroke, great absolutely got yourself somebody a swingman who can shoot the ball a little bit give you some spacing because your team needs it right? right um marvin bagley let me ask you about him because I, do you think like do you have any hope for him moving forward like I, he's still a number two pick but is he like right. a number two pick like a i'm not gonna throw any draft bust tonight is he just a number two pick that's just never gonna pan out or do you think it's like he's a, 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 a they say a second draft player is he like a fourth draft player
1: I'm trying to keep my hopes high for him because I was really high on him, you know, coming out of Duke. And I know that, you know, during his early career in Sacramento, you know, he dealt with the injuries and everything and it seemed to never pan out. And then of course Sacramento wasn't in a position to win at that time. So, and then obviously, you know, moving to Detroit, you know, they weren't in that position as well. But honestly, I think for Marvin Bagley, I think at this point, you know, even if you can't thrive as a number two or number three option, I mean, you can still be a great role player. You know, you can still be a great rim protector. You can still be great in the pick and roll. So you know, it's all, its just like the little things that he can possibly do to help elevate the team as a whole, man. So, like I said, I don't—I don't know if he'll pan out as as many number two players are projected to do, like to be, you know, coming out of college. But I still believe that he can be in a like I still believe that he can be a great role player. It's almost like you know him, him and James Wiseman have kind of been the same trajectory because James Wiseman was also a number two pick, and then obviously things didn't pan out in Golden State. Now he's in Detroit, and he you know he's had his moments, but. You know, with with the with assurgence of guys like Jalen Dern and Isaiah Stewart, you know, he's not going to get that PT. So I think that him and Marvin Bagley are kind of in the same position. But like I said, I mean, I mean, back to Bagley, you know, if he can just find a way to be a valuable role player, I think that he can have some longevity in his career. But, you know, now in this position in Washington where they have a lot of where they have a lot of, of other young guys, maybe this could possibly be the best situation for him. I don't know, but we'll just have to see how it pans out.
0: Yeah, I, and that's one of those things, like you said, it's going to be a wait and see. And I, we'll see if it even maybe down the line this season, you know, as teams even further check out when they play Washington, he puts a big, the better numbers. And you're like, wow, look at, you know, good production, whether it's the empty calories we'll or whatever. The, exactly, right? What we will be waiting for from him. We'll see. Time will tell. Um, or it won't. <laughs> because at this point, Batman's been in the lead for what, six years now? So. Yeah.
1: What, what, what was he, 18? 18? Yeah. It's wild, and that's that's a great draft class, too. Yeah,
0: you think about it, yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be one of those things that we definitely look back on. But looking back, moving on from that, moving forward, trade deadline, we have the team swirling, right? Pistons and and Wizards, you think the Pistons might factor in a little bit more the trade deadline for whatever reason. Um, whether it's the Lakers, the Bulls, the Hawks, the Raptors, uh, which teams do you think? need to make a move like forget the whole trying thinking about it what what teams do you like hey
1: they, they need to do something so it's funny i got i got i got some i got like multiple teams on my list as far as who i believe should make a trade oh let's go yeah i'll i'll start i'll start my list here first i'll say with the lakers your beloved lakers um, yes it hurts i think it is time um they haven't really been that great since the in season tournament championship and i think what it is is that the role players have been very very inconsistent because the thing about la is that people are always going to look to point at the stars and I'll be real. I don't think it's the stars at all. I think LeBron James has been great. I think Anthony Davis has been great. I just think that they haven't get, they haven't gotten really consistent play out of the role players. Like even Austin Reese, he's been a hit or He's been a hit or miss. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, he's been a hit or miss. It was the reason why he got, he got put to the bench. Um, Rui, even like, you know, even as great as he was last year, you know, after the trade, you know, I think he's been kind of a hit or miss as well. Same thing with Torian Prince. So, and I mean, I'm not saying that these guys are bad players, but, You know, it seems like, you know, they haven't done enough to help, you know, elevate that Lakers team, you know, throughout the throughout the course of the season, especially when you look next door and you see what the Clippers are doing and how well they have been playing, you know, and obviously, you know, they have more they have more star power than the Lakers do. But, you know, to see their resurgence and, you know, to see the Lakers kind of declining, you know, it's not really a good look. So I mean obviously last year they made that big trade, you know, sending rust away, you know, sending a few other guys away. And we saw, we saw what, we saw how that pan out, you know, they got to the conference finals. So, you know, who knows, maybe this could be another situation where, you know, by the trade deadline, you know, they can make some moves. Another team is the Golden State Warriors. Um, Pascal Siakam. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Pascal Siakam has been, you know, on their radar allegedly. And I saw, I saw some rumors where, the Raptors were asking for Jonathan Kaminga, and then the Warriors were hesitant about it. And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with them, with the front office. Um, but, you know, I don't know if people are really paying attention in, um, in Toronto, but Pascal Siakam's still playing really great basketball. I still think mm-hmm. that he has a lot of value, you know, as a power four. You know, obviously he's a champion, so he knows how to win at the highest level. If the Warriors could find a way to grab him, and then, of course, you know, get another possible big, I think that'll be really interesting. Um, I put the Hawks on here, but I'll just be honest with you, man. I think the Hawks are just really, just blow it up at this point. They're coming. Um, yeah, I mean, when you I mean, hell, I mean, they were up like what thirty points to the Spurs earlier today, and they almost blew that lead. So, yeah. um, you know, it's it's been a decline for the Hawks since that year that they made the conference finals when they lost to Philly. And even though you know Trey Young has been pretty good, the John Murray, I believe, he's having a career year, you know, shooting wise. So even though you know those guys have been great, you know, it hasn't really translated to like regular season success, at least. So I'll be real. Like, I mean, I, I put, I put the Hawks in this list, even though I, even though I did believe that I do agree with you, they are cooked. And I think after this year, uh, regardless of, you know, whether they are a playing team or playoff team, I think that, you know, I think that they should make some drastic changes after this year. Um, another team that I had was the Suns. Okay. Um, I would love to see if they could get like more of a traditional point guard in a way. You know somebody who really prioritizes in the playmaking because even though Devin Booker is a good playmaker, I don't know if it's really been beneficial for them. And I have to look more into and more more into Suns games. But also I can understand as well because what would that lineup look like if you had a point guard that you had Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, then I guess Yusuf Nurkic. So that's something that I still have questions about. But I would love to see if if the Suns could possibly go find a way to get like a like a real point guard who can make the game easier for those, for those three talented scores. Um, another team that I did have as well was the Spurs. I believe that they could use a point guard as well. And I saw that DeJounte was on their radar as well. And I know things may have not ended well for DeJounte, you know, uh, leaving San Antonio because if people remember, you know, I remember he did an interview on all the spoken. He was, he was pretty much explaining, you know, what went down in San Antonio and, you know, the reason why he had left, but maybe that could be a possible reunion with him and Greg Popovich. And, you know, maybe, Cause I'll be real, like I mean, as much as a fan that I am of Trey Jones, I don't know if he's the point guard that you could have playing next to a guy like Victor Wembayama. So yeah, maybe Dejounte could possibly be that guy, maybe not. But if they could get like a true point guard playing next to Wemby, I think that that could benefit him more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last team that I had was the Milwaukee Bucks, and the reason why I have them is because at least last year compared to this year, their perimeter defense has taken a massive step down. And obviously, you know, obviously losing Drew Holiday, you know, that was big. But also acquiring Damian Lillard, who was a great scorer, and who just had a game-winner against Sacramento, you know, that was huge. So, obviously, Thanks, you elevated – yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, you elevated offensively, but I think perimeter defense-wise, I think they definitely definitely declined. So, if they can get, like, a a terrific on-ball defender, a terrific perimeter defender on mm-hmm. that roster, I think it'd be big for them. No, I like all the ones
0: that you mentioned. I think those are really solid. I guess a few of them are interesting because, like, for example, the Sens – a, a guard. I like their guard setup. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I think, I get that. You know, like between Bradley Bill and and, and Booker, I I think okay in my head, and you know I'm sure we, we we've seen this on Twitter and stuff. They almost remind me of the Clippers in the sense of like I get that. You want them to have a point guard, but then when you think about it, it's like their best players are going to dominate the ball so much anyway, and they're probably your best decision makers. That it may not be the best idea. Like. Okay, but the Clippers was different. I thought some of the guys that they were targeting, I would have preferred a point guard. But the problem is, like, Paul George can initiate a fair bit, and he's going to have the ball in his hands down the stretch, right? Kawhi made himself in that type of player. And then when you look at guys like Booker and Beal, like, yes, they're not point guards, right? But, like, they've been, quote, unquote, point guards for their teams in the past already, you know, that it's like might as well just keep it there, you know? And I know I think Steve Jones and um, Nikai's Duncan and um, J.J. Redick had, like, a good – I didn't finish it, but they had, like, a good – clip there they're kind of giving their opinion more on that but I guess the biggest thing for me even if they could I'd be like, okay great like if you can find someone that you're like hey this guy's a better fit we're gonna go for him great with what assets though you know I guess that's my bigger question because unless you're gonna wait for a buyout guy you know I don't that's know true. if that if that comes out but I, I like I mean even when you say that, I still think the Suns need someone right like they're a solid team but I just I don't know I was never hound their depth outside of the big three and they have like interesting pieces, but I just mean long term like consistency.
1: No, I get that. And honestly, I mean you make you make a valid point when you bring up the Clippers as well. I guess the one thing I could say is the difference, at least with the Clippers, is that over the past few years, you know, James Harden's pretty much stepped in as a more like more so like a playmaker. I think he's more prioritized in being a playmaker more than the score mm-hmm. over the past recent years. So I feel like that's why it worked out so well for them, just because you know, he could take the pressure off of guys like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who are great off-ball players and mm-hmm. who can play officially off-ball. So that does make the game easier for them. Um, and like I said, I mean, I'm, I think Devin Booker is a great point guard, but I don't know. It's just, it's really interesting. It's really interesting to me, you know, how that dynamic has been. But obviously, you know, obviously, you know, with Bradley Beal being sidelined, you know, multiple times and him, you know, still trying to find his way back. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe we should see a little bit more of it, more of this dynamic tandem with it, with those three guys. In a in a um in a larger package than what we have now, it's for me to like you know kind of kind of have a different opinion, but uh but I I definitely agree with you. you know I don't know if there's anybody that they could possibly trade for, but if they could possibly find a guy you know on a buyout market who may be released by a team or anything you know I I would I would honestly want to see the Suns you know make a run at a guy.
0: Yeah, you know, like you said, just making a, just being around and and trying to upgrade at, at, by any stretch, because right now this team, I mean, they're in the same boat as the lakers and exactly you know, the warriors they're like slightly better now mind you are they better yes in,
1: on paper in, yeah. the
0: lakers and warriors have both been floundering but like when you look at it record wise they look similar right exactly so yeah I, I completely agree with you there for sure um of the other teams that you mentioned i guess what team are you like okay it, like the suns if they make one they're they're in there for me on the list of yes if they make them move that'd be great i think they need to but if they don't Okay, fine. You can take your chances. Like of those teams you mentioned, what team is like if okay, if you walk away and you haven't done anything, it's a problem.
1: <sighs> out of all of these teams, I would say out of all of them, maybe the Hawks. Just because I feel like they're kind of, at least, or I mean, I mean, obviously, obviously the Spurs are the worst team, but I think mm-hmm. I think the Hawks out of all those teams are the second worst. And it's like I say, you know, they, you know, and I get it, you know, they made a lot of big moves, you know, since that year that they made the conference finals. Obviously, getting Dejounte a few years back but you know it's, it seems like they've been on the decline ever since that year that they did make where, where they did make the conference finals running mm-hmm. you know trey young has had his good moments um the john you know like i said you know he's having a career year at least shooting wise um deandre hunter still to me like a hit or miss and it's crazy because i was really really high on him coming out of virginia um and then you know, and then of course you know you got other guys as well. I mean, I do I do love what Jalen Johnson has been doing. You know, his his emergence. You know, he has been key. So you know, that's obviously the guy that you want to continue to to uh, to keep on your roster. You know, as far, especially especially moving forward. But For sure. I don't know. It's just you know, the Hawks the Hawks haven't really been that great to me. They haven't really been that press impressive. And I don't want to be that guy that says, "Oh man, Trey Young can't leave the team." But it just seems like that this roster currently constructed just hasn't been able to get the job done. So like I say, you know, they may not make any trades. You know, during the deadline, they made this way to the off season. But I will say, you know, after this year, some drastic changes should happen in Atlanta. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a really good one. I also think another one would be um, Golden State. Golden State too. Like, yeah. just something's not working. I wow. mean, I'm 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 a as well. You know, drastic changes need to happen there as well. Like I said, I don't yeah. know who's leaving. I don't. Like, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh, Clay's out or Draymond's out or whatever it is, but some things are about to happen because even last year after the Lakers series, I was saying, yo, like, I mean, obviously the big three, you know, they're going to stick around forever, but this dynasty isn't what it was back six, seven years ago. And I mean, and obviously, you know, that's, that's expected. You know, the league has changed a lot since they were really on the hunt for championships. And then obviously, you know, with them aging as well. So at least to me, you know, with with Stephen Curry still playing at a high level and still, you know, being able to lead a team, Mm -hmm. I think that this team has to make some drastic changes as well.
0: Yeah. It's just one of those things that has to happen. I mean, if not, it's like, what are they doing? You know, and, and exactly. whether it is tough conversations because at this point, Clay Thompson's is kind of playing his way into a discount for the Warriors, right? And then if you look and he at, wanted that
1: extension too,
0: he did. And I mean, honestly, I hate to say it, but it's prudent for the Warriors not to have to him. Yeah.
1: Because
0: at yeah. first I thought, okay, you know, Clay starts slow, he's in, he has slump stuff like that, but this is different. It just feels like he's just yeah. regressed and I feel bad because the injuries have been a factor, but it's happened, right? Right.
1: And that's the thing, too, is like you mentioned, is, you know, a lot of it is out of his control because he did yeah. deal with those gruesome injuries, so I can understand it, but I don't know, man. It's, just, it's been bad for Clay, and he just can't seem to find his rhythm. I mean, like, I mean, he's he's had his he's he's had his little moments, but overall, you know, it's just been a really in, inconsistent year for him. Man. Like, I mean, on both ends of the court, because, I mean, people know him as a great perimeter, perimeter defender, but even he hasn't been that, you know I mean? You can tell that he's lost his steps, so. You know, this has been a very up and down year for Clay Thompson, to say the least.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, I guess the next kind of thing I would think about, think about with Golden State is the conversation around Steph Curry. Like, are you prepared to have that conversation with Steph Curry that is more reminiscent of the twilight years of Kobe Bryant? Although that was kind of self-inflicted because he was the one who signed the massive contract.
1: Yeah, he did. Or, <laughs> you know,
0: the twilight years of Dirk Nowitzki where it's like, hey, you know, it went from we're going to try to fill a competitive team to, hey, this is kind of where we're at. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? We had a great run, and we want you to stay on this team, the only team you've ever known, but this is what we are. Like, do you think it's time for the Warriors to have that conversation? Like, if there isn't a move they can make for, say, a Pascal Siakam or a guy that you look at and go, okay, you know what? That puts us right back in the mix.
1: I believe so. Um, at the end of the day, you know, as, as long as Steph Curry is still playing at high level, you still want to remain contenders. You know, you don't want you don't want to waste the last – However many years of his prime, just, you know, tanking and, you know, not being part of the playoff race, you know, it's, I mean, I'm, and I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, both Kobe and Dirk, because I mean, obviously, you know, both of those guys were obviously, you know, in the twilight years of their career, Kobe he had dealt with the Achilles injury and everything. So he, he clearly wasn't, you know, what he once was before, but Steph is still playing at the highest level mm-hmm. and he's still in many people's eyes, one of the best point guards in the NBA. So. In my opinion, like if you're if you're the goal to say Warriors, and this is where Mike Dunleavy has to be aggressive here because he's still new in this position. Um, obviously feeling it for uh, for Bob Myers who stepped down. So, you know, this is going to be something really interesting for him to possibly figure out a way to uh, keep this team as contenders. So, if you got to move some young pieces, like, and I get it. You know, I know I love Kaminga, I love Moses Moody, and I love a lot of these young guys. But, you know, if you want to if you want to remain contenders and you got Pascal Siakam, you know, on the radar. I think you got to acquire him. Like, I don't like, you know, I think I think it is essential that they have to acquire a guy a, a guy of this caliber. I get it, you know, like, will it make them championship contenders right away? Probably not, but Siakam still, I want to say, he's still like late twenties, early thirties, something like that. So yeah, well, he'll you know. 20,
0: he'll be thirty this this um this year, like the next month or so.
1: Okay, so yeah, I mean, he's yeah. still he's still he's still, he still really, got prime years. Though. That's what I'm saying. like, yo, he's still relatively young, still in the prime of his career, so. In my opinion, if if you're the Warriors, you got to make that trade happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think it's just one
0: of those things that has to happen. So we'll see. Again, how that looks, I have zero clue in terms of what they construct there. Do you send a Kaminga? I mean, obviously, you try to get rid of Wiggins and kind of move on from there. I want to say,
1: I would want to say that Toronto will ask for Wiggins. And mm -hmm. as underwhelming Wiggins has been throughout this season, I, I I would send them personally yeah i'd probably do the same to be
0: honest with you i just think it, it makes sense to you know at, at this point i mean get him in a situation where i don't know fresh start i, I don't even know fresh start because i feel like wiggins
1: is a guy just golden State's no longer a good fit maybe that's the better idea it there. might be yeah he might be he might have um he might have. he might have he had his time in um, golden state you know i feel like his time might be up who knows there you go that that's
0: more what i mean to say there for sure absolutely yeah. um but yeah moving on next um Got some players that I want to ask you about. Kind of get your thoughts on how close they would be to actually being traded. We've heard their names a lot over this um, season up to this point so far. But just rank them. You know, it's only four players. Most likely to least likely. And just tell me why here. So, I have the aforementioned Pascal Siakam. I have Zach Levine. DeJounte Murray. And Bojan Bogdanovic.
1: Ooh. So, I think Seacom should be at the top of the list just because I feel like Toronto should be looking to move in a new direction. Obviously, they made the big trade for New York, acquiring RJ Barrett and, and MAO quickly. So it's, and obviously, you know, they still have Scottie Barnes, who is the friend or is who could be the future franchise player moving forward. So I think it's time to just, you know, continue to move in, um, in a new direction. So I would have him at the top of the list. Um, number two. I want to say Dejounte, but I don't. I don't know if he'll. I don't know if he'll get dealt um, during this year. I feel like. I feel like they'll probably mm-hmm. have him and Trey stay together. So I'll. I'll probably put Bogdanovich second. I don't believe that he probably would get get traded out, but I feel like he probably would have a higher chance of getting traded rather than, rather than uh, Dejounte. I'll say Dejounte third, and then I'll go with Zach Levine four. And I know people are probably gonna ask why I'm picking Zach Levine four, but you know, I mean Zach Levine's mm-hmm. been on you know the trade radar since pretty much like mid November. And it's mm-hmm. not that he doesn't have any value. I still think that Zach Coffey's a really good player. It's just, you know, like what teams are really going to go out of the way to trade for him at this point? You know, are you going to trade a lot, of your, a lot of your young assets to get a guy like Zach green So that's that's just my question. You know, it has nothing to do with his play. I still think that he's a great player, but I don't know if there's anybody that's going to that's trade for him at this point. Yeah, that contract is a lot for
0: the time exactly. he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you there. For the type of player that he is, it just it, it feels like you're doing a lot there absolutely i agree okay and then um as far as um i'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a little wrench in here too because i i do this half the surprise against nah, go ahead know. go ahead all right for those four players what is your ideal team fit for them
1: so i mentioned pascal to Golden State I mentioned Dejounte. Like. Dejounte to San antonio I think would be a good fit and even if not <clears throat> excuse me even if not San antonio I mean he he'll probably want to he'll probably more someone to go on a playoff contender i mean i've, I've seen yeah. the lakers swirl around and honestly i'm not mad at that fit i just want to see what the trade will look like and what the, yeah. what the hawks will ask for mm-hmm. but i like that a lot um levine i could see levine in sacramento i don't know yeah. I, I could possibly see him in sacramento i know that they got kevin herder and they got malik monk and malik is probably more of a better player coming off the bench in the second unit anyway so if mm-hmm. you compare Zach of in that backcourt next to De'Aaron Fox, who knows, who knows where they could be in Bogdanovich. I'm I'm trying to figure a team that needs like a real sharpshooter. Um, I can't say Philly. I think Philly's okay. Um, Dallas, but they don't Dallas know. possibly. Dallas, no, love it. Um, I was thinking Miami too, but I don't know. Miami, Miami could be a good fit, but mm-hmm. I don't know who they would trade. Um, Indiana's looking pretty good. I don't know if they'll make any trades. But it's tough. Yeah. Minnesota? I don't
0: know. I like Minnesota.
1: Yeah. Minnesota? I like Minnesota.
0: I think they need point guard help though. That's true. Yeah. I like, that'll that would be the big thing I'd be looking at if I were them. Like they need they need a backup. And really just point guard help after Mike Conley next season
1: once you got yeah. right back. I was you thinking oh maybe DeJounte in Minnesota as as their starting point guard. Interesting. I don't, know. I don't interesting.
0: know. And then have Conley come off the bench.
1: Yeah, I like it. Who knows? Who yeah, knows? I mean,
0: yeah, I, I guess I would wonder how. I guess how that would work, Um trade wise. That's like true. The trade package would be really interesting for that
1: because I'm sure I'm sure man, I'm sure Atlanta will probably ask for a guy like Jaden McDaniels, mm-hmm. um, and that's a no go. Yeah, do. that's a that's a thing too. Yeah. <sighs> See, that's a tough thing. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, that's, that's what make, like
0: you're right. Like you're, no, on his head. That's why I love talking trades, but it's also hard, and, I, and understandably right. so. I think there should be some nuance there because, like, yeah, they need to get this guy. Okay, how do you do that? Who do you trade for? it? Exactly. Why, why should that team do that? You know, just like if you play 2K or I'll play basketball GM or something. Okay, you make the deal, and in your mind it works out well, but how can you convince the other team that this is something they should also do?
1: Yeah. I'm really trying to think of a team where I would see Bogdanovich ideally fit. Yeah, Milwaukee – nope, Milwaukee doesn't need him like that. I was thinking New York, but mm-hmm. I don't know. They need shooters, but – Yeah, they do need shooters, but I wonder what that package would look like, especially considering that they just made a trade two or three weeks ago. True that. Um, Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn's kind of on the on the decline. I don't know if that would help. Um, God, it's tough. It's tough for Bogdanovich because, I mean, he's such mm-hmm. a great sharpshooter, and I don't know if there's a team that ideally – like, I mean, obviously obviously, there's teams that would love to add him to the roster, but I don't know if there's a team like that, like, ideally needs perimeter scoring. Yeah. No, I'm with you
0: on that, too. It's a tough one, and you're right. Like, I mean, and, and on its head, every team needs it, but then how much do they need to pay to get him, right? Exactly. And, and that's, that's a the difference. Do you think a team like Utah makes a move? They have a few guys that could be interesting. John Collins is around there. You could look yeah. at a guy, you know, um, all the shooting guards they have. I'm not saying you look at a Collins Sexton, but you could look at a Jordan Clarkson.
1: Um, or even I'll Charlotte, see, a team with, you know, a Terry Rozier. That's a guy that I want to see move is Terry Rozier. Yeah. Um, and I, I even said this last year, like I wish the Lakers could have gotten him. The Lakers yeah. getting Terry Rozier would have been really, really huge, but I thought that had really nice too. I yeah, thought that but... been really nice too. He's been on a heater
0: this season. You know, he's been shooting the ball really, really well. And I mm-hmm. love that his just he's had to take on a bigger share of the offense since Lamella Ball, who's just been back the last two games. But Lamella Ball's obviously been out mm-hmm, injured yeah. for a large share of it. So, what, last six weeks? And so, LaMelo, yeah, in LaMelo's absence, Terry Rogier picked up the playmaking, picked up the shooting, was efficient, had some monster 40-point games. And, yeah, the Hornets record looks like trash because, you know, they're, they're pretty bad. But, exactly. like, I don't think it's a lot of a knock on Terry. And if he's in a more – refined role like is he a bench player I think on a contending team he probably has to be but at least you know that he could be a
1: starter I agree I definitely agree but as for Utah Mm -hmm. um I I could possibly see Sexton getting dealt and I feel like now especially with the emergence of Keontae George which I think is Utah's guy I think I think that's going to be the starting point guard for the future I could possibly see him getting dealt John Collins is tough because he just got 30 to Utah Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he does get dealt, but, you know, Jordan Clarkson is, is a guy that I believe could fit on a real contender. That's a guy that, that the Lakers could get. I mean, you know, reunite with the Lakers um, mm-hmm. or just even on, just even any any other team, in, you know, in particular, you know, especially with the energy that he brings off the bench. So I could, I could probably see a combination of those two or three guys, you know, a Colin Sexton, a John Collins possibly, and even a Jordan Clarkson.
0: Yeah, those are solid ones for sure um i just hope some move gets made that that kind of addresses their need but i also want to see some trades that we can look back on in fact i might even have you on afterwards and be like okay do we like this trade like what worked what didn't work like did we get a a good side a good deal for both sides you know however that is contending team you know trying to save shave money for you know the off season whatever the case may be
1: i agree what team is i going to bring up um i'm trying to think of a young team do you do you think a team like houston could make a trade or do you think that they're good with what they got? Because I mean, they've been they've been decent to me.
0: Yeah, Houston's been okay. I have no Houston's been okay. Like they're, I I could see them making a move. I just wouldn't know. Like, are they upgrading at what position? Like, right. are they not? Are they moving off of Jalen Green before the extension come? He hasn't been super great. You know, like what are like are they, um, trying to make a push for the playoffs early? They've been a great team, but I definitely think. You know, they could take they could take it easy this year, be a competitive right. team and then go into offseason, kind of go from there. But I think the ceiling is players. probably
1: playing this year. If anything, they'll be a playing team.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And like, and that's the thing. Like, they they with extensions coming up for several players up and down there, they'll be a team that's gonna get more expensive. And you already have Fred Van Vliet who'll be off the books conveniently by the time these extensions start. But Fred Van Vliet, obviously Dylan Brooks. So yeah, I, I think that they're fine right now. You, I think, like you said, their ceilings a hard playing team. Um, but I haven't seen anything from them, like, for example, the next team I'm about to mention, that's like, okay, you know what? Yeah, why not? Like, you're good right now, but you can totally, like, contend for a finals right now. And that team I'm about to bring up um, is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm, that's
1: my team, man. Yeah, yeah I love team. that team.
0: Um, uh, do they need to make yeah, any trades? Um, um, well, that's um, what I mean. They don't have to. Yeah. And they could potentially, they, their ceiling
1: could be, like, Western Conference Finals in my mind. Um, I think if, if they, I mean, and I, I definitely agree. I, th- I definitely believe that they can make the conference finals the year, especially with how great they've been. It is, and it's funny too, because I was having this conversation last year with a couple guys and they were thinking like, man, like, you know, mm-hmm. give OKC like another three, four years. And I was like, man, this team, like with the roster that they have. And yeah, I think even last year, they didn't even have Chad Like when you look at like their, their roster, like fully healthy, I was like, yo, this team could be possibly, possibly be a contender now. Cause even last year they got to the play in, they beat New Orleans in that first game. Ended up losing to Minnesota. So, I mean, obviously, the comeback this year and they're fully healthy. And it's like, man, like this team is really, really good. But if, mm-hmm. if, if they could make any tweaks, I don't know if they would bring in more wing shooters or not. I mean, but then again, it's like, I mean, I like, I like, I like the roster that they have now. You know, I think, I think everybody's playing their role to perfection. And it just seems like everybody's clicking. Yeah.
0: I agree. I agree. I think it's one of those things where, um, they're, click, they, they're working right now. They're young and they're together and it's a gr- good core. I, I don't think if you bring in a guy like help it to accentuate, accentuate this roster, right? And not right. really stand out because the way they have their structure going is pretty good. Um, but I agree with you completely. Like It's something where you don't have to and you'll still be good. So right. like you're in a good spot. And you if you want to go for literally almost anybody available in the trade market, you have more than enough draft capital to make that happen without losing any of your integral pieces. I agree. Like, that is a hell of a hand.
1: And, I, and that's my thing, too, because what would a trade look like if they had to, or if they tried to acquire a guy like Badanovich? Like, I don't know if they're getting rid of a lot of their key pieces, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. No, you're right. Like, that's what I mean. Like, you're not losing much anyway. Any expiring salary, probably Davis-Breton's contract, you know, maybe a protected first, a couple seconds, whatever the case may be, probably a protected first, to be honest with you. And then, like, boom. You know, and if that's, if that's the guy you think will make the difference, then I mean, they're kind of similar archetypes, but Bogdanovich has been more consistent and actually playing. There's a reason why we're bringing him up and not Davis Bertans in the trade. But like, you know, if that works, boom. And you haven't lost anyone of 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 I hate to say it's the Bertans, but anyone of of note on your team with your yeah. current direction. You know,
1: no, I agree. I definitely yeah. agree. Yeah,
0: but um, but let me get to uh, my next question here. Um, and this is the last one for the trades. But we're both on social media a lot. We're both sharing our work, looking at other people's interact all the things. What trade have you seen out there, wherever? Facebook. God bless those. Um Twitter, Instagram, anything else. Like what's the favorite trade you've seen this week? Um and why you like it. Well,
1: let's let's just share one. Um I haven't really seen a lot of trades cuz it's, it's funny because people across my timeline will have the trade machines just rolling, but I haven't That's seen season. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot recently. I think the only thing that I, I've really seen, like you know, like I said, is rumors. And I mean, we've already mentioned this, but Dejounte to San Antonio came up, and that was the one that I really liked, just because I mean, it's like I mentioned before, you know, I think that if they get like a real point guard, like who has real playmaking tendencies, like like Dejounte has, I think that it would be really beneficial for. Her. I got like fifty one Miami, and it's not to diss Trey Jones because I'm a, I'm a personal fan of Trey Jones. I've been a fan of his since college, mm-hmm. but I don't know if he's the I don't know if he's the ideal fit as as the starting point guard for their franchise. now obviously, you know, being in the second unit, possibly, yeah. But as far as being a starting point guard, I'm not 100% sure. So that's probably the one that I said I, that I did actually see that I was, that I was actually really impressed by was DeJounte San Antonio. But surprisingly, I haven't seen many, but I'm sure I'm sure that'll change, you know, over the next few weeks. Okay, I like it. No, for sure. I have two trades. I'm going to run by you here. Good. All right. There's a trade between
0: the Blazers and the Warriors. DeAndre Aiden and Malcolm Brogdon to Golden State for Chris Paul, Andrew Wiggins, and Jonathan Kaminga.
1: Honestly, I like it. Uh, I kind of hate that. And it's crazy, too, because when Chris Paul first got traded to Golden State, I hated it. But as I've watched him throughout the season, he's been really, really good. Mm -hmm. But I would would definitely make that happen. Um, I know that DeAndre, you know, a lot of people, you know, they love him or hate him. And I know that he's not. I know that he doesn't blend with like a lot of the centers today, as far as like you know, as far as the versatility and everything. But I still think he's very valuable. Obviously, Malcolm Brogdon, who, who is coming off the of six play or six man of the year um, winner, you know, being in Boston. So I think obviously with him, you know, adding some um, adding some key production off the bench, I think I think that would be really really big. Uh, mm-hmm. Where does that lead them to? Does it elevate them as contenders? I think that it does make them better, but I don't know if it. Elevates them over like the Denvers or the OKCs or anything. But I mean it's it's a good trade. Yeah, I definitely think it's solid.
0: I I, I was my friend sent me that and I was like, I, I kind of like that one. I, I can't even yeah. lie. That's a that's a pretty good one. But um the second one I'm gonna run by you here, get your thoughts. Cleveland sends Jared Allen, Isaac Okoro, George Niang, and Amani Bates to Portland for Jeremy Grant. Robert Williams and Duop the wreath. Now, this isn't mine. I didn't make this trade, but I'm just curious on your thoughts. On its head, I say the Cavaliers say no. That's too much. Yeah, for I, I, Jeremy I agree. Grant.
1: I, I definitely agree. And I mean, even if the trade were to go down, I mean it's it's okay. You know, I mean Jeremy Grant's a great player. I'm a fan of his, but I don't know if it is he that kind of changer that you give away exactly. your big
0: man, a exactly. serviceable small forward, a right.
1: backup big, yeah. Right, and that's yeah. my thing too because I know I, I mean, and I've been on regular that, You know, I think that Cleveland's still trying to find the ideal wing player because I think that you know we expect the carry the to be that guy, but I don't mm-hmm. know if it's really panned out for him. Obviously, Isaac Okoro, who is a great perimeter defender, but he's not a great shooter on the on the offensive end. So I still think that they're trying mm-hmm. to find that dynamic wing. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that uh that Jeremy Grant would not make a difference because I definitely believe that he can, but. I don't know if it'll make much of a difference, you know, as far as trading away your starting big man for a guy like for a guy of this caliber. Yeah. No, I agree. I,
0: I don't think it's one of those things where like the juice is worth the squeeze. Right. Yeah. In that way. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that, that, I mean, I always like to ask people when I'm talking trades, like have they seen one they like or they don't like, or they should talk about because it, it starts conversation,
1: good, bad, or indifferent. Right. Exactly hey man next next time i come on i might have a few you know i mean especially especially once those especially once those you know those trade machines start rolling listen i might I might have you on next trade tuesday we'll see what's up man for sure yeah, i got it my people talk to your people or whatever
0: <laughs> right <laughs> now lastly bro this is the last question i have for you tonight um it's crazy because like i said i cannot believe you this is the first time have been on the show definitely not the last but we all, we, we watch basketball, we talk basketball, most of us play basketball, right? Whether you're right. really good, whether you're not so good, I don't really care. What I do care about, what is your go-to move in pickup? Like, what is the one thing that you, like, okay, I need to get a bucket, whether it's I need to get a bucket and I don't have a go-to move so I pass the ball, whether it's, you know, I'm taking you off the dribble, I have a left-hand, like, crossover that I do to a spin to the right um for a layup and then i have like a step back jumper on the left hand side i got a kevin martin jumper but it works it's like that's mine but what is yours
1: you know it's a funny so when you sent me this question earlier i had to think because i i don't play as much basketball as i used to i I need to Mm -hmm. get back to it you know i'm saying especially doing a lot of pickups but you know i'm i was a i was a good ball handler but i wasn't like creative with the rock like you know i'm not i'm not you know crossing people up putting them to the ground i'm not gonna you know, going between the legs, this and this and that, like multiple times. So, I mean, that that wasn't necessarily my style, but yeah, where you need to go exactly. But one thing that I'll say is that you know, at least for me, growing up, I was a huge Kobe Bryant fan, so I tried to emulate literally everything that he did. You know, the footwork, like literally everything. So, one thing that I'll say is that one thing that I tried to do was I definitely, at least, at least, at least on a few occasions, I would at least definitely get my way to the post, call for the ball, call for the rock. You know, probably take a few dribbles, try put my shoulder into the defender and then probably turn turn on my right shoulder and then fade away. You know, that was probably my go to move. I at least try to get it at least once or twice in a game. Sometimes it wouldn't go down or sometimes it would go down, sometimes it wouldn't go down, but I definitely try to hit people with that move at least a few times. Actually it's funny, I remember I think I think it was like a freshman of high school. So I don't know if people remember, but I remember when Rondo used to go like kinda like you know, like a fake pass like behind the back and then go for the layup. Yeah I actually I actually pulled that one time, but it was on accident. I don't know how it was on accident. Idea. Yeah, it's crazy. Like It was actually on accident. I think, I want to say I was going to pass the ball, but maybe I saw, maybe I saw a defender, you know, getting away. So mm-hmm. I kind of like faked it and then I just ended up going for 11. the layup. And the was like, oh, shoot, that's the Rondo!" And I was like, I, I, I kind of played off like, you know, like I knew what I was doing. Yeah, you know how but, I mean. yeah, know so how like, This yeah, is but, what I do. But in hindsight, I didn't, I didn't actually plan on doing that at all. That was totally by accident. That's cool. That's cool. That's funny.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was, reminds me of, um, trying to think, uh, um, you know, remember, uh, Rudy Fernandez? Yeah. he had Like a crazy, like layup over his head when he wasn't looking. I remember that. Yeah. I did one of those. Really? And I did not mean to same thing. I was actually like running hard, like cutting across the baseline, like just to clear the floor for, you know, one of my teammates to occupy the corner. Right. And the guard at the top of the key saw me and passed me the ball. And I wasn't really expecting it. And I'm like, okay, reverse layup. But my momentum was pushing me far that way. So I took the ball and threw it up over my head, thinking that the backboard was, like, right underneath me. But I moved so fast, the backboard was, like, three feet to the left. But oh, I literally tossed it up, and I was still going that way. And everyone goes, oh, and I was like. Oh, that went in. So I just tried to stay face. <laughs> just kept walking, like, like. And someone asked, "How'd you do that?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah you man, see, just you just to gotta, that. you just gotta play it off." Exactly. I'm like, "Yeah, know, man, I will just be in my bag. Sometimes I don't even know what I'll pull out there. You know?" <laughs> nah, that's what's up, man.
1: I, 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 I go out. Sometimes when, you, when you're on that court, you just never know what you can do. Like you'll just start magically playing some. Especially if you, especially if you play basketball long enough and you watch mm-hmm. long enough, you know, and you just start taking moves from certain players. You know, you just pull something out of your bag that you probably didn't even know that you had. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, it's hard to describe it, but it's
0: literally like a feel of the game.
1: That's true. That Same thing why you true. can't
0: really describe momentum,
1: but it's a thing, right? Mm-hmm. That, like, that, that's a solid point because, like, people can't really describe momentum. It's just, you know, it's just when you got it, you got it. Exactly. Like, All oh, the
0: is broken. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, exactly. Just how if you watch enough basketball, you know, after a couple of shots go in a row, coach going to call that tee.
1: Exactly. You and know? Then, and then once that first miss happens, oh, change momentum
0: right exactly exactly and, and and it could diffuse a run just like that it's wild like that's why i think one of the many reasons we love basketball but the patterns the rhythm,
1: you know that's now nah, that's that is definitely a fact i'm I'm so glad somebody somebody really explained it because i don't know if a lot of people really understand that yeah no it's different man but i love it you know it's Facts. it's what gives
0: that's why ball has us in a grip right <laughs> exactly
1: that's a fact
0: oh man but listen bro it's been a blast having you on thank you so much for coming on just spend some time here talking basketball nah, no trades,
1: doubt. all of it. I appreciate you for real. No doubt for sure. And on top of that, man, we got to get you on for the love of the game too, man. I know, I know, I tried a few times, man. Hey, you know, I'm a horrible you know, the schedule... scheduler. Now nah, you're good, man. You know, the schedule's <laughs> just worth it. wasn't able to come together, man. But now mm-hmm. we're gonna definitely make it happen for sure. But now nah, I appreciate you for having me on.
0: Oh, absolutely, man. Please, I mean, you do so much. Whether you write in, whether you podcast in,
1: whether you just tweet like let the good folks know where they can find you and your work. Yes, sir. Follow me on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, Nick Andre Tr. You'll <laughs> um, we'll see. You'll see everything content wise from writing podcasts and everything. Shout out to my guys at MNC Hoop. shout out to Michael and the CJ live every Sunday at eight o'clock or excuse me, at nine o'clock Eastern, take that back nine o'clock Eastern, eight o'clock Central to be able to tune in for that. Um, I hope to show myself call, call for the love of the game or I cover everything basketball from NBA, WNBA college, your name and make sure to check that out as well. And then I do a whole bunch of other stuff as well. Man. So just, just, just follow me. On my Twitter X page, many you'll see all the
0: content. Yeah, definitely make sure to do it because he's one of the best in the game when it comes to being consistent, putting out work, and doing it in, in a variety of forms. So check out your guy. Also, I mean, I'm always supporting the brothers out here in the space because you don't see a lot of them like that in a way. Uh, <laughs> that's that just always, all, all, something always in my brain. You know, I'm just saying. Like, I love everyone I doing get it, that. but you, you, you kind of look and you're like, wow, like they really aren't a whole lot.
1: Bet, that's kind of that's a fact.
0: Yeah. that's a fact it's crazy man but i definitely appreciate you man salute you like i look up to you in your work and just trying to be as consistent on that end as well so thank you for that for real
1: nah thank you man once again man you know we definitely got to do this again man whenever even when the trade line goes down man you know
0: yeah. i definitely oh. want to hit up oh we are gonna make it happen for sure i'm I'm definitely putting this in the book and we got to record it so you know we got yes, that too. sir <laughs> that's a, but that's i live <laughs> absolutely man and you can follow me on twitter or X, whatever. At Corbin NBA, C O R B A N NBA. Any podcasts that drop, any random interactions I'll be given, all of that is there. You can also check my check me on Instagram. I'm not gonna lie to y'all, I don't put any on Instagram, but it's good to have followers, so you know, check me out there as well. Um, but listen, y'all, this has been a blast. Again, thank you for Nick for hopping on. Before Nick, for myself, we are frosty. Y'all stay frosty, and we'll talk to y'all real, real soon. you All right, y'all. <laughs>